0: Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode.
1: This week on the Better Faster Podcast, Brandon and I are talking about a really cool concept in strength conditioning called neuromuscular efficiency, or NME for short. We talk about what is enemy, why is it important, how do you assess it, and then how does it drive your programming? So I really think there's a ton of actionable information here, especially if you are a higher-level athlete or you're a coach and you work with higher-level athletes or you're just really interested in how our nervous system works. So I think this is a great episode. You're really going to enjoy it. A couple other notes, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast uh, on iTunes. Leave us a review. It's how we reach more people. It's a great place to leave a comment or a question of something you want us to talk about. And then at the end, we talk about two courses coming up in November, um, here in the Columbia area, uh, a running course and a body tempering course. So, uh, stay tuned, listen to the whole episode if you can, so you can hear that little tidbit at the end. Hope you enjoyed today's episode and let us know what you want us to talk about next.
2: Happy Monday, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another special episode of the Better Faster Podcast. you have to excuse my voice. I have a freaking man cold this week. Um, <laughs> Josh, let me give a quick rundown here and let you take over, but this episode is talking about a really advanced concept, more so in the street conditioning world, and that's neuromuscular efficiency. And you're in for a real treat. I've never heard anyone explain this concept better than Josh. And you're going to want to take some notes or put on re listening in this episode a couple of times once it's done. But Josh, can you start out by defining neuromuscular efficiency and why it matters?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, neuromuscular efficiency is a pretty cool topic, man. It is so essentially a measure of how well your body, your brain, is able to recruit musculature for a maximal effort. Okay, so if you think about it from like a percentage standpoint, um, when if you're going for a maximal effort and, you know, people are going to be able to recruit different percentages of uh, muscle fibers, be able to do that. they will be able to tap into some higher threshold motor units a little bit easier than other people. So um, that has some pretty interesting implications when we're going into training. Um, Obviously, it has a, a. an impact in how somebody is going to respond to differing levels of volume, intensity, um, loading, you kind of are going to have to manage that based on, um, that person's neuromuscular efficiency. So, uh, I like to test this with, um, with my athletes, uh, to give me an idea of what kind of stress is going to be needed to create the adaptations that I'm looking for. Because if I prescribe five by five to everybody of a certain percentage of say a back squat, they're not all going to respond the same way. And so I've got to be able to dig a little bit deeper and kind of get to know the athlete a little bit more and kind of get to understand how well their nervous system works. So that way I can be a little bit more efficient with my programming.
2: So you mentioned that this is something that you test. What's an example, what's a method for how you do this? Mm Yeah,
1: I, I love to test this with the back squat, and occasionally I'll test it with an upper, uh, you know, an upper body movement to like a uh, a close grip bench press or something like that. But usually it's back squat, and I have somebody build to a max back squat at a tempo. And I really like to control tempo when I'm building for maxes, um, but also when I'm um, mainly in this instance because the subsequent test after it there's going to require tempo so i'm gonna have them build to a max back squat and i kind of set a time limit 15 20 minutes you know i want them to i don't want them to spend all day there because then you know you kind of build some cumulative fatigue so i want them to have 15 20 minutes build to a max back squat with a 3-0 x1 tempo meaning it's going to be a nice controlled three second eccentric down to the bottom there's no pause at the bottom x just stands for with a, with a fast intense so as fast as they're able to to stand up and then one second at the top which if you're building to a one rep max you're not as worried about that last number there because you're racking the weight so three zero x one tempo controlling the lower explode up the best you can and rack it building to a max in 15 to 20 minutes just set a time for them to do it after they hit their last attempt i have them wait 10 minutes and during that 10 minutes i have them cut down the weight to 85 percent and then at the 10-minute mark, I have them perform one set for maximal reps at 85%. I do recommend, again, for safety purposes, have spotters available or really learn how to bail effectively because bailing is a skill. Um, so if you've never practiced bailing from a heavy back squat, practice it, please, or use safety squat bars. Do something to make sure you do this uh, safely because you sh- you know could be pushing very you know very deep into this. So they're doing one AMRAP set at 85%. At that same tempo, three down, zero on the bottom, fast up, one second at the top. And I control that tempo because you see some people when they build a 10 rep max or 20 rep max as you see on Instagram, they stand for 10 seconds between reps. And that changes uh, kind of what you're testing there. So for me, I'm controlling that tempo. Every rep should take four to five seconds when you add up that tempo, three, zero, X, one, x you know it's it's not exactly a zero it's not exactly a one it's going to be uh you know different time based on uh, you know the person's ability to go through that concentric there so it's going to be four to five seconds probably um maybe by the end a little longer because that stand up might take a little bit longer but it's going to control the tempo so recap build to a max rest uh, 10 minutes exactly one set at 85 percent for as many reps as possible at that tempo
2: Awesome. So I assume that you pick the back squat just because it's it's heavy compound, large muscle groups, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And, and then why 10 minutes? What's the reason behind that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, the main reason that i want to rest 10 minutes there is again to kind of allow the cns to recover a little bit from that last maximal attempt to be able to uh, you know have a a good test because if you depending again on the person's neuromuscular efficiency they the closer they are to that max test will affect the number of reps they can get 85 percent so that kind of is like a a little buffer period to allow people with lower and higher neuromuscular efficiencies to still put forth an effort that's going to give me a true result versus if i do it too close as as you'll see coming up here, the person with lower neuromuscular efficiency will might be able to hit, you know, a great set right after that, just as they would later. But the person with higher neuromuscular efficiency is going to be affected even more than they would be otherwise. So that 10 minutes is kind of just like a little buffer period. Um, mm-hmm. At least that's my best explanation for that part.
2: Gotcha. All right. So you just mentioned, you said the, the lower uh, neuromuscular efficiency person, they're going to feel pretty good. They're going to feel like they worked now uh, versus versus the higher. So with that said, everybody's going to be different with this is how you individualize. But once you get this data, what are you going to do with it? How do you utilize this in someone's program?
1: Yeah, so I think first, I want to, I want to kind of get to where we're classifying somebody as at, you know, in that higher kind of, I guess you could say average and lower neuromuscular efficiency because it's a little counterintuitive um, in terms of the wording, but it hopefully will make sense here. If someone does that 85% set and they get a very low number of reps, one to three reps um, is usually kind of my cutoff, one to three, one to four, that is on the lower end of reps, which means that there it's a higher neuromuscular efficiency. That tells me that that person on their maximal attempt was actually able to dig deeper in their nervous system than than say someone else would because they that max is probably closer to their true max meaning they aren't able to do as many reps at that slightly sub maximal load on the contrary if someone rests and gets really high number i'll be honest i've seen up to 15 now granted the tempo sometimes is a little shaky on some people they don't necessarily (sighs) stick to that straight tempo so sometimes it's harder to judge but you get the picture there i think anything over eight nine reps, something like that, anything above that, it is pretty clear that the person is a low enemy because they got high number of reps. That right there is telling me that that person's true max really wasn't a true maximum because the person's nervous system was not able to recruit the necessary musculature to be able to those higher threshold motor units to be able to put up a higher number so for me that person is a lower neuromuscular efficiency so it's kind of interesting lower number of reps on the amrap set means that you probably went a little deeper in your um, your nervous system for that maximal one, your higher nervous uh, NME. And then if you had a higher rep number on the uh, AMRAP set, you probably weren't as able to dig as deep into your nervous system. So that's a lower NME. So, um, and neither is good or bad. They're just different. And then, like you said, the next thing is we're going to get into is how do you use that when it comes to programming? Does that make sense there?
2: That makes sense. That makes sense. So just, just, to, just to clarify, the, the person with the high NME Probably got the true one rep max. Yeah, closer correct? to it. Yep. Closer, closer to, to it. it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the person with the low NME, you said like, it's not necessarily bad. They weren't sandbagging it. They just weren't able to tap into their nervous system quite as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and that could be for any number of reasons. Uh, some of it is genetic. A lot, uh, actually, yeah, to tell you the truth, uh, females tend to have a lower neuromuscular efficiency. A lot of times, I'll have some of my female athletes, and they, you know, if I gave them something at ninety percent, they can crush it. But a lot of my male athletes, you're probably thinking, you know, ninety percent, like I might be able to hit a rep possibly too, and you're going to be wrecked and need five, 10 minutes before you try to do something like that again. So uh, sometimes it can be uh, male versus female as well. Um, but it, it also can be training and. Uh, training age and biological age, um, there are a lot of factors affecting it. Uh, The longer you've been training and the, you know, as you age a little bit, it doesn't take as much to stress the system. And we'll kind of talk about how that, um, you know,
2: how that affects programming going forward. Yeah, yeah. So let's definitely dive into that as well. Talk about how we can use this.
1: Right. So um, to put it, you know, from a conventional standpoint, when you think about programming, most people are going to say, OK, um, when you're training for absolute strength, you're in this rep range. When you're training it for hypertrophy, you're in this rep range and muscle endurance, you're in this rep range. Everybody kind of knows that that little chart, that little continuum there um, for somebody with lower NME, that continuum kind of shifts a little bit they're going to require a higher volume at higher percentages to be able to stress the system, to create that at patients you're looking for. So for example, eight to 12 is normally a, you know, hyper, hypertrophic rep range traditionally. Um, if you're controlling for time under tempo, uh, time under tension, if you don't know what that means, make sure you check one of our really early episodes on that. Um, so if you're controlling time under tension, eight to 12, considered more high, uh, hypertrophy range, but for someone who's very low NME, um, eight to 12 is actually going to be kind of the stimulus needed to create absolute strength adaptations because it you know, if they are in that lower rep range, they're not able to stress the system. So if I give these two people five by five at 80%, all right, which is five by five at 80%, the person that is, um, or even better, let's do triples. Let's say I give them heavy triples at 85%. And there's a person that when I did this test was only able to do three reps. They're pretty low. That means each set is pretty much a maximal effort and they are going to be wrecked. They might not even be able to complete five sets of three at that percentage um, because you know, that's where their nervous system is because of how well developed it was or how deep they could develop or dive into it. Now, on the other hand, somebody who got 10 reps at 85%, I give them five by three at 85%, that person's going to think that it was a pretty moderate workout. That's not going to be stressing their system that much because they weren't able to dig deep enough in their nervous system to where that 85% is 85% of say a a true max for them. It's really more of a moderate effort. So that's why I have to, I have to increase the volume or increase the loading um, for uh, for that person that has a lower NME to create absolute strength adaptations. Uh, Otherwise, you know, I'm never going to stress them enough. So these people are going to take a little bit longer to build strength. And you kind of know those, you know, if you're somebody that struggles to build strength, and you're doing heavy, you know, heavy work all the time, this is something to really dig into. You might not be doing the correct kind of mix of volume and intensity for what your nervous system is ready for. Um, so I kind of have to, I have to evaluate if somebody has a lower NME. A lot of my female athletes, again, I actually just went through testing with somebody who had double digits. Um, she's a really great athlete, needs to get a lot stronger, double digits on this test. Um, I know I have to increase the the volume when I'm I'm programming for absolute strength adaptations. So then if I want to program for hypertrophy for that person, I actually need to continue even higher in the volume. So that kind of whole continuum that we talked about shifts a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, and then over time, through, uh, you know, more training, through aging, that kind of thing, it does shift down a little bit it, where you where you don't necessarily need as, you know, as much volume to create the stress stresses needed. And, you'll, and most people, if you talk to Masters athletes, they kind of will kind of probably co- um, corroborate this is that when they do, you know, higher percentages or heavier sets, you know, they they're pretty taxed from it because that's the, their their training age and biological age has shifted them kind of that way so um, it's all a, a mix and it's all a continuum and everyone's different and so I love using this testing with pretty much every. Athlete that comes to me, especially if they're a performance athlete, um, not necessarily the newer athletes, because newer athletes, as we know, their their nervous system's not very developed anyway, so they need higher volume anyway. Mainly because they're 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 learning the movement; they're still it's all neural adaptations initially anyway. So they're just learning how to learning the movement, learning how to perform it. Their body's learning how to sequence sequence everything. So for me, I'm not as concerned um, with them because I just know that that's where they are because they you know they haven't been in the gym yet. But all of my athletes athletes um, that are trying to compete in the sport of fitness I use this to help drive um, their programming so I know where they sit um, and I know what I need to do um, especially from a strength programming standpoint.
2: Wow so there there's a there's obviously a ton of information you can get out of doing that max mm-hmm. effort 85 percent I mean if you're not testing for that it sounds like you're missing out on a lot of stuff and yep. so I just, I just got a question just to kind of piggyback off what you said so you know when we think about just classic traditional periodized programming say hypertrophy block Uh, let's call it eight to 12 weeks of doing that if you had someone with a lower NME you may actually extend that quote-unquote hypertrophy block mainly because you also want that same stimulus to build strength is that is that correct so maybe you would keep the volume very similar or extend it out a little bit longer than what you traditionally would
1: yeah that's interesting so if uh, you know for me I've got to kind of determine first okay you you know because that was the you know, in that question, you, the example that you provided, that person, uh, it seems was trying to build strength and hypertrophy there. Um, right. at, at least right. what you're saying. Okay. Um,
2: yeah, like let's so, say, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Right. So if they're, and so, uh, you know, if I'm trying to build both of those two things, I'm probably going to start more from the hypertrophy standpoint and have either volume higher and then over, uh, you know, and accumulate good volume there. And then towards the end of say the block, I'm actually going to, you know, to go through like an intensification phase. So I would probably then go you know go down the spectrum in terms of uh, you know rep range and increased loading um, as Mm -hmm. I go so I would probably accumulate a ton of volume first and Mm -hmm. then you know based on how the person's responding then kind of work down so say you know if I'm doing uh, you know a back squat and say you're starting you know um, with a much higher time under tension um, you know, let's say with this person, you know, we're starting with tens just to do it. We're doing tens at mm-hmm. that three zero x one tempo. Um, you know, or maybe I'm you know maybe I'm doing tens or twelves. I'm building really higher volume there. You know, that's still probably outside. You know, depending on the loading of that absolute strength phase, even for some of the higher or some of the lower NME uh, individuals. So that's still more hypertrophy oriented. But by the end of it, I've kind of progressed down to where they're doing like fives and sixes, and it's a much higher percentage. And that's still some people. You know, you look at that like that's not traditional strength you know you know strength range you know that's not where people think oh i'm doing sixes i'm really working on absolute strength but that's where it is for this person so um yeah i'm I'm progressing across the block usually if somebody's trying to build both of those qualities
2: that makes sense yeah that makes a lot of sense there so other question i had is what would be some of the performance implications here people that have high versus low enemies so you know for example the person that has the high enemy what sport or what maybe event in a crossfit competition would you expect them to do well in versus the person that had the low enemy
1: yeah so i think um Typically, your more explosive events or explosive sports, um, your sprinters, your power lifters, you know, they're going to be do better on the one rep max type, uh, uh you know, workouts. Um, will be that higher in me. What they'll struggle with is more the workouts that have slightly sub max loads for a lot of reps, which is t- a lot of typical CrossFit. And to tell you the truth, a lot of CrossFitters, um, they do well if their if their nervous system is a little dampened if they're a little bit close you know more of that in the average range and again there's nothing's good or bad so high average and low, um, or high, middle, low, whatever you want to determine it. None of those are good or bad. Um, it's just kind of what that person, you know, how it just kind of categorizing that person and provides data information. But so that person that's a little bit lower, you know, maybe kind of on the the middle to low side of things actually might perform a little bit better in typical CrossFit type workouts, primarily Mm -hmm. because most of CrossFit is not necessarily a max lift. Granted this year there was a maximal effort, um, in the clean. Um, but it was a, a, effort under fatigue but in most years it's been who can lift slightly sub maximal loads over and over and over again and that takes two kind of areas it takes a nervous system it definitely plays a role but also their um, CP battery which is a whole nother thing there it's an energy system uh, kind of an energy system idea or, t- uh, or concept in which the person's CP system their creatine phosphate system or PCR whatever you want to call it phosphocreatine system um, that short one-step reaction that provides energy quickly um, how well that reacts recharges essentially it's why we term it a battery because it's recharging so that and their nervous system kind of their both of those i guess would make that person's essence and the person that has it's a little bit dampened from a nervous system perspective and has a high cp battery is going to perform better in crossfit um, relative to somebody who is really really explosive and has a really really high nme and maybe isn't as developed from that uh, cp battery standpoint they're going to do one rep at a really high percentage and be wrecked, which isn't great for the sport of fitness. So I think, yeah, it can play a role. I think you can work becoming either or, like you can you can work towards the other and find a good balance for that person. You kind of just have to use this as one piece of the puzzle when you're doing that.
2: Right, yeah, it just, it seems like it would be a, a, a decent predictor. of performance assessment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you but you know
1: it's one of those things that being too far at the end of the spectrum almost isn't great in a sport like CrossFit because um, it does test things across the board. So um, for me, that's that's kind of one of those things I have to balance. You know, somebody who's really really explosive, um, you know, I have to I have to look at like okay, can I dampen this person a little bit? And you think why would I want to dampen that person? But you know, if I have somebody who's you know their max, you know their max uh, deadlift is um, you know you know, say 400, 405 or something. And then, you know, they're doing, you know, workouts at, you know, in the open got to 315 and regionals even heavier, and then the game's even heavier, and they're doing things that are really close to it. And they're having to do them over and over again, that person's not going to perform as well. So yes, I would want to dampen them a little bit, not necessarily mean bringing their max down. But then you know, it it has to be with what I can do with their nervous system. So um, it definitely is an interesting concept, and I definitely use it. It's one piece of the puzzle, not the only piece of the puzzle, but it's something. If you never tested it before, it's definitely uh, some interesting information.
2: Josh, my mind is blown. It's <laughs> a lot of a lot of knowledge bombs dropped there. Uh, you, I think I think all listeners got about five hundred dollars worth of free content in those last ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. But <Yes>. um, <laughs> for anybody who wants to find out more about this, what resources would you recommend?
1: Yeah, to tell you the truth, there've been a lot of people that have done research in this area. Um, for me, one of the big people that I've kind of looked to in this area was Charles Poliquin. Um, and you, you know, most people that have been around the strength conditioning world for a while know who Poliquin is. He has a book, the Poliquin principles. He has, um, you know, courses as well. I would look into Poliquin. He really understands, um, strength training. Um, he's great. Um, James Sherald elaborates on this topic a lot as well and learned a ton from him on this too. Um, So there's definitely some resources out there. I would just buy Poliquin's book, Poliquin Principles. I think it's a great book. It's one of the very first ones I think I read when I was first getting into the strength conditioning industry. Um, So I think that's great, man. Um, And then, you know, if you've never done it before, try it on yourself. Again, make sure you have a safe environment. So you have spotters or you know how to bail that kind of thing. You have safety spot bar or safety uh, bars on your squat rack and then try it out. Hit them, build to a max um, in your next testing period. Rest, hit the AMRAP set and see where you are and see if that. Correlates with what you know. You know your response to training has been. You know, have you been doing really high low, high maxes and trying to build to a max a lot and hit heavy reps all the time and not getting stronger? Well, that might you know that m- might be telling you something right there.
2: Boom! Try it on yourself first before you put in your uh, clients next yeah. test
1: week. N equals one, man. Always That's n right. equals one first.
2: That's right. <laughs> well, as always, if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, and leave us a five star review. Be sure to mark your calendars because Chris Johnson—that's that's the Chris Johnson—is going to be coming to Vertex November tenth and eleventh to put on a running clinic. So be on the lookout for more information coming out about that. Josh, don't you have a course coming up? You want to get that yeah. one plug? Yeah, no,
1: same about the same time frame. November third, we've got the Body Tempering uh, Certification Course right here in Columbia. And good news, since the last time I think we talked, we actually have CEUs for physical therapists in the state oh, yeah, of South it's Carolina. Reminder. Yeah, it is. So come check it out. You can get I think six contact hours. Um, Yeah, for for our one day cert for body tempering November third in Columbia. I think the location we're doing it is at Spud's new place. So um that will be that's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be a great course. Uh come get your CEUs and learn a little bit about body
2: tempering. That's a nice venue. A bit yeah, this place. If it's, you have if you don't know
1: what I'm talking about when I say body tempering, Donnie Thompson our first interview, sound quality wasn't great. I apologize we didn't have mics at that point. So um <laughs> but that was our second second episode, first interview ever. Um go back and listen to that and you can hear all about what body tempering is. Um it's 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 legit, man. There's there's a reason that all the you know almost every NFL team and probably you know a third to half of division 1 colleges are doing it. So um that that speaks for itself.
2: Yeah, that's going to be a great course, man. I'm looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. Well, and then last up, it's 2018. So the easiest way to reach us is via Instagram. So if you have any questions or any other topics you want to talk about, be sure to shoot us a DM. That's at Better Faster Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you all have a great week, and we'll be back next Monday.
1: This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed the best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.